Greetings, sheep. Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we review a dead role-playing game and blow your freaking mind about how real shit is. This week, we review Haven, City of Violence, and take a trip through the mind of the, the presumably trench coat wearing metal badass that wrote it. Welcome back, sheep. My name's Hardcase, and I'm here with my partner, Spider. Fuck yeah! <laughs> okay, how you doing, John? <laughs> I am too sober to review this shit, is what I'm doing. Alright, so, um, so as always, I'm Jeff, this is my partner, John. Welcome, welcome to System Mastery Podcasts. We have a real gem for you this week. Hell yeah, this, this was a treasure to find, yeah. let me tell you. This is a, a used... Rack find from our local friendly gaming store. Oh yeah, and uh, it's called Haven City of Violence. Oh yes, it is a role playing game of modern violence. Yeah, not not that fantasy bullshit. Oh no, there's no fucking elves or fa- fairy gay nonsense in this. Oh one. yeah, man. No, it's no. just straight up the mean streets. Mean streets of a city that's the combination of New York and Beirut. Oh yeah, Ugh. it's like Chicago and East. L.A. It's like Bloodhaven ate Gotham and farted out Syria. Yeah. Reviewing this is really more a question of reviewing the guy who wrote it. A fellow by the name of Lewis Porter Jr. Yeah, when I when I found that book and flipped it open and saw that it was uh, conceived by and written by and produced by and everything else by one dude, I knew. Yeah. Uh, and it was edited uh, by Random Chance. that's who uh that's who edited this book and it's speaking for the best okay so uh this is i've never heard of or seen lewis porter jr in this book i'm pretty sure we may be the only people who own a copy of it except probably him but just has a couple cases in his garage yeah but i can tell you right now that i know who this guy is i'm pretty sure i went to high school with this guy Yeah, probably two or three there was probably two or three of this guy at every high school lewis porter jr is the guy who wears a trench coat Except he calls it a duster. He has a different Sepultura, Pantera, or other heavy metal band shirt to wear every day of the week. And sometimes he wears a gas mask to school. Yeah, he uh, he knows all about every type of gun, has never shot one. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, he knows every martial art, but you've never seen him do any of them. Oh yeah, but he will take you down with some sweet jujitsu, man. Yeah, or a kata that's, that's uh, registered as a lethal weapon. <laughs> That's that's who Lewis Porter is. So um, I want you guys to get the same chance to set yourselves up to play Haven City of Violence. Now, what what would it take to really get in the mood to know get the theme? What you need to know to get Haven. We haven't really talked about this before, but a lot of role playing games have a little section at the beginning after they go through that explanation of what a role playing game is, and after that section where they tell you that they don't believe in occult stuff and that any violence you perpetrate as a function of having a role playing game is not their fault. Yeah, which is in here with a lot of 
all caps, damn it, and so on. Oh, yeah, just, um, well, you should take responsibility for your actions, all fucking caps. Yeah, well, after that, this book goes through one of the things that you'll see in a lot of role-playing games, which is a suggestion, or, or suggested media list. Yeah, you Usually know, if you're playing D&D, it's like, you should probably le- read The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you should read some Conan, or, or maybe you should read those Howard Vance novels that informed its spell system, but no one has ever seen or heard of. Yeah, are you playing Exalted? Maybe you should watch Ninja Scroll, or some other bullshit. So this book... Normally, that's like half of one column. Yeah, there's like five movies and four books or some shit. This book has four pages of that. It goes forever. Single-spaced, just lists and lists and lists of every badass thing this guy could think of is what you should listen to and read and enjoy and watch before such time as you are capable of properly playing Haven, City of Violence. Yeah. Now, it's split up by author. So he wants you to read things by Octavia Butler, Tom Clancy, William Gibson, James Elroy, uh, David Morrell. He's really into this detective author called John Sanford, who wrote a whole bunch of books that have prey in the title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Neil Stevenson, which I- I'm sad to see his name drag through this mud. <laughs> and uh, a couple others here. Uh, Andrew Vox. Uh, basically, he appears to be some sort of DC Comics fanboy, because every single DC imprint that was around at the time this book came out, which is around 2003... Is in here. Oh, yeah. Like, every single one. Plus all the image ones that include things like blood or storm or death in the in the two-word title. And then the only Marvel that shows up is any of their four mature audience line of, like, the Marvel Knights series. Yeah, he also, for whatever reason, has the Marvel adaptation of the old Alias TV show. Yeah, uh, I guess he's a big fan of that. Because Alias has to do with sh- shooting and spies, I guess? I, I guess. And films. Films are four pages by themselves. Uh, oh, yeah. It's basically every every action movie he's ever heard of. If it's got a sequel, he lists all the sequels. So, for example, you should definitely see Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, and 4. Mission Impossible 1 and 2. I wonder if he just didn't get a chance to see the third one. Uh, I assume yeah, this came out, out before yet. that. All three of the Godfather movies, so he yeah. really likes that third one. El Mariachi, Die Hard 1, 2, and 3. Basically, in any action movie from 80s through the 90s into the really early 2000s is listed here. Every single one. And really, if you haven't watched Sin City more than four times, you should probably watch it a few more times. So do you really need to read all this stuff to play this game? No. No. You know why? You know what you should do is read all that stuff instead of playing this game. Yeah, or if you really want to get in the mood for this game, put on some Sepultura, get really angry at your parents, and play Grand Theft Auto for about... Two hours. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's because that's planning on doing that anyway. Because that's what this is. This game is Grand Theft Auto Party Simulator. It, it right down to the weird racism of Grand Theft Auto, where <laughs> you know it's like black people live in black people town and Asians live in the Asian district. Oh yeah, that, that's what this game is. But before we get to that, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about mechanics. So it it's a sort of an odd system. It's point by for your stats. Mm-hmm. You have a fuck ton of stats. Uh, but you've got a base set of stats and then substats that are the combination of two other stats. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the stats are familiar to people who play role-playing games. You've got the rough equivalent of a strength or an accuracy replaces dexterity. And, uh, uh, you know, intelligence and so on. Yeah. Uh, it uses a d20 combat resolution mechanic, or actually everything resolution. You roll a d20, except that it's edgy. So instead of trying to roll high, you try to roll low. Yeah, so a 1 always succeeds, and a 20 always fails. Not like that bullshit other game of elves and magic. Yeah, and, and once again, just to reiterate, this game is basically you play in Haven, the city of violence, as someone who the book thinks is real, 
So it's a human, uh, probably a gangster of some kind, or, yeah. a, or a police officer of some kind. Although, fuck the pigs, am I right? Yeah. yeah am that, I, that's, am that's, I right? That's basically what the book wants you to think. It gives you the stats on playing police, but then it also gives them drawbacks about how corrupt and, and douchey they are. No, it, the, the game just sort of assumes that the police, en masse, are all corrupt or just super into brutality. And that's basically your two kinds of cops in Haven, and that's it. If I were to pick an actual movie that I feel like this guy wanted you to play as, I, I would say... This is Boondock Saints, the game, because it's kind of over-the-top mega-violence, but your characters can still die real easily, and uh, mostly it just kind of rewards you for running around shooting people indiscriminately and cursing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that kind of game. I I'm sure when you were 12 and you saw Boondock Saints and you were like, oh my god, I can't believe how badass those two main characters are, and then they stop and they have Catholic tattoos, and dude, they're saying like... Latin stuff and then shooting people and they're total badasses. That's that's basically what he wants you to play. Um, it uses this D20 mechanic that makes it so you have, generally speaking, about a 40 to 60% chance to fail at even the simplest things. And it's it's great because a task, either you automatically succeed at it or you have a minus two to your roll. There is no just, just straight roll. roll. Yeah. It's really weird in that way. Yeah. And, you know, he has this whole thing about how there, you always, always, always have a chance to fail. You know what? I don't think there's a chance I will fail to drive to work tomorrow. I mean, I might call in sick, sure. But if I get in my car and try to drive to work tomorrow, I think I have a greater than 5% or, or worse than 5% chance of failing. And yeah. that's, that's just a problem with D20 granularity. Yeah. That, yeah, that 5% chance to fail is kind of, okay, that means that most people won't live more than 20 days before some catastrophic accident befalls them because they critically failed it exactly. using, the, using the oven. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where it also means that, uh, out of every 20 shots that you shoot with a gun, it's going to jam after 20 shots, no matter what type of gun you use. Right. Which is just that, that, stupid. That's not real. Guns are really well built for the most part. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in Haven, no. the city of violence. Too much violence, man. These guns are from the mean streets and they don't take your shit. Yeah. And so there's, uh, there's two health tracks. There's yeah. a concussive health track and a lethal health track. Yeah, uh, so it's sort of like the uh, the HP and SDC, if you are familiar with Palladium books, and if you are, I'm sorry. Yeah, or it's like the bashing and lethal damage of Exalted. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple different games that use this to represent that your characters could beat each other up without dying, but when they shoot each other, they die. Uh, this game, and, and this game really is, if you shoot some dude, he's got a really good chance of dying. If you can which, hit him, you know. Yeah. Is the main issue is actually hitting, yes. Yeah. Now, this game does a lot of that super deep, granular, uh, telling you exactly what your strength represents, exactly how far you can run in feet per second. Yeah, you have a movement characteristic, and your movement characteristic will tell you your exact top speed of what you can do. Split your action into six sections, and if you're running 18 feet during each one of those six sections, you'll have your movement rating, and it's like, okay, great, but this game doesn't have a grid. Or yeah. miniatures, or any of that. So if your character can run 96 feet as opposed to 94, who, who fucking, fucking cares? cares? It doesn't matter. So it's nice that it's in there. It's nice that it's got that useless bullshit granularity because it just tells me one more thing about Lewis Porter Jr. <laughs> okay. Uh, once you get your character built with stats, then you have to give him some skills. And let me just say, fucking the skills in this are goddamn useless. And stupid. They're so stupid. They're so poorly written. Okay, so each one of them is you get a skill, 
And it uh, gives you the ability to roll on something, basically. It doesn't really give you any bonuses. It just gives you a yeah, list of you penalties. Get, you get, like, a, a plus one. Yeah. Now, when you're rolling, you're trying to roll under your stat. So yeah. let's say you want to uh, identify some art. You're going to use your intelligence to do that. So you're trying to roll under intelligence. Now, uh, just so you know, average human, your average stat for a human is 11. So you have so, a 50 chance, 50, 50 chance of failing. A, a normal dude. Now let's say you're real, real smart. Like you've got an 18. You're super badass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, let's say you are good at identifying art. You get at most a plus two from that or three if you want to go to the, like, I have a PhD in Telling what art is right, and then what the what the uh, book will do for the ability is it gives you that minor bonus, and then it has a list of difficulties based on their example difficulty ratings. So things should be easy, medium, hard, uh, very hard, and like nearly impossible. Now the reason that John brought up art appreciation is because he clearly didn't think through anything about these difficulty ratings. For the most part, for example, lifting is like okay, you can lift fifty pounds, you can lift seventy five pounds, you can lift hundred pounds. With art appreciation. You can recognize art pieces, and it gives you an example list. So, for example, it's quite easy to recognize a diamond from Tiffany's. It's only a minus two penalty. Recognizing the Mona Lisa, on the other hand, is amazingly difficult. Yeah. Who the fuck knows what the Mona Lisa looks like? Jesus. That means you. it's minus 19 on your roll, which means that even the smartest motherfucker art appreciator on the planet will be like, well, who's that smiling lady? What's that shit about? (laughs) And it gets up to... Now... When it says nearly impossible, it's minus 25 is a nearly impossible roll. Which means, even if you have a PhD in knowing what the fuck art is, and have a 20 intelligence because you are a goddamn super genius, you still need to roll a 1 in order to get it, period. You have a just 1 out of 20 chance. Right. And the nearly impossible rating for art appreciation is to successfully recognize the Hope Diamond. Huh. You have a minus 25 chance to recognize the Hope Diamond, which I took one art history class in high school, and I can recognize it. And you know what? Hey, I didn't look, learn to recognize it in art history. fuck off diamond. Because it's sure. not art. It's a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he couldn't think of anything more valuable or rarer than the Mona Lisa. Incidentally, they also have the identical rarity. There's only one of each of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... That one's stupid. A lot of them work that way. Where they the granularity <laughs> oh, yeah. of the difficulties doesn't make any sense. For example, navigation is really good. It's your chance to not get lost in places. So like, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's back this up. It's not navigation. It's occult. Let's go to occult. Let's talk about that. Once again, just as a reminder, this game doesn't have any bullshit magic. That's for fucking sissies. Occult. Thank you. Occult. <laughs> there it is. Is your chance to... We don't know what. Let me just read this for you. If you don't mind. The character that possesses this skill has acquired knowledge of the occult, magical histories, and magical and mystical backgrounds. Activity. Tarot or palm reading. Modifier. Minus two. Alright, let's stop right here. What is that? Is that your chance to recognize tarot or palm reading? <laughs> it's it's, it's to, your to chance perf- to tell if someone is doing a tarot reading. You're like, wait a minute. Is it your chance to perform them? What, what, what are we doing here? It is, is it- your protection against tarot reading. So that if someone's like, I'm going to read your palm, and you're like, no, fuck! Right. Next one. Government conspiracies. Hard. Minus nine. Okay, again, is this your chance to perpetrate a government conspiracy? Is your chance to come up with a government conspiracy, put it on your Facebook, and see how many idiots spread it? Is it just your chance to hit the like button on one of those things about fluoride in your water? <laughs> or uh, is it your chance to debunk one? 
It, it doesn't say. It just says government conspiracies are hard. You know what? I've seen the idiots on Facebook. Government conspiracies are goddamn easy. Yeah. Okay, next one. Extremely difficult. Minus 14 is a Bigfoot or Sasquatch sighting. Your choice. Yeah. Well, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Yeah. Either one. No old man of the mountains. Also, no yetis or yeah. abominable snowman. Yeah, just Bigfoots or Sasquatches. God damn it. Yeah. That's that's uh, minus 14. <laughs> it's because a yeti is some magical bullshit, but Sasquatch is real, right. man. It must be. Sasquatch lives in the city of violence. He comes from the mean woods. Skunk apes are fucking mystic woo. <laughs> okay. So, again, what is the, what is this here? What's your minus 14? Is it to recognize a Sasquatch? Because you know what? If a 10-foot-tall furry Harry from Harry and the Hendersons come out, comes out of the trees, I feel like I'd have a better chance of recognizing that as a Sasquatch if I didn't have this skill. I'd be like, oh, fuck, a Sasquatch. Yeah. Or this guy would be like, I don't know. That might be a giant <laughs> costume. That guy comes out and goes, wait a minute. That's a Bigfoot, not a Sasquatch. Next. I won't go through this whole table. I want to get into this in agonizing detail. Next, an amazing minus 19 is uh, a Loch Ness monster sighting. Now, the reason, (laughs) I can tell you right now, the reason why spotting one creature that doesn't exist is significantly more difficult than spotting another creature that doesn't exist is because Loch Ness monsters conspicuously do not exist exclusively in Scotland. (laughs) And Haven, City of Violence, is not set in Scotland. So, yeah, it's five harder to see one there on vacation. Oh, yeah, man. You're like, wait a minute. Why am I seeing Loch Ness Monster when it's not in the Loch Ness? Or, wait a minute, is it perhaps your chance to Loch Ness Monster? Yes, it is your chance to become the Loch Ness Monster. It's very, very difficult to become the Loch Ness Monster, but it is not impossible. But by God, you chase that dream. Now, now, nearly impossible, at a minus 25, no one can do this without some extreme abuse of the system, is a Bermuda Triangle disappearance. Again, is this disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle? Is that what your character's goal is? He just keeps flying through, hoping yeah. to roll a one. Or is he trying to solve one? Is he trying to... Okay, someone disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle in the 80s. because I'm going to get Amelia yeah. Earhart out of the Bermuda Triangle. No one's disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle in forever, because that shit was something from before radar and constant <laughs> yeah, communication. Yeah, before people knew what the fuck. Yeah, so that that's basically over, uh, which I guess is why it's so difficult to do it. Maybe. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, there you go. There's yeah. an example of... Just one of the skills. We don't know what those roles are for. We don't know what the skill does. And you're expected to maybe put some of your character gen points into that for some reason. Yeah. So repeat that about 25 to 30 times, because every one of them is the same. For example, physics. Uh, Newton's law of gravity is easy at minus 2. Newton's third law, that's thermodynamics, but I guess this guy probably didn't know, is average at minus 5. So again, that, that indicates that gravity is easier to understand than thermodynamics, or is easier to do. It's easier to fall than to push things. Hell yeah, it is. Have you seen the type of guy who wrote this? (laughs) Creating a new law of physics is amazing. I'm sorry, it's extremely difficult at minus 14 to create a new law of physics. Hell yeah. Yeah. uh, Discover a new particle is amazing at minus 19. So it is harder to discover a new particle, which scientists do all the time, than to create a new law of physics, thus altering the world and universe in significant <laughs> and misunder- or not understandable ways. Oh, and finally, nearly impossible, is negating gravity. Yeah. So that means that there is a 1 in 20 chance, if you take physics, that every day that Haven City of Violence starts, you go, I go into the workshop, I try to negate gravity. Right. Roll. Did I get a 1? No. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow. 
Yes, I begin to fly, motherfucker! Yeah, I start building negating gravity technology. Unfortunately, it makes it significantly more difficult for you to succeed on your first roll on your physics check, which is understanding Newton's law of gravity. <laughs> also, unfortunately, it also just says negating gravity, not in a certain area, so you may just negate, negate all gravity. gravity. Well, you know, when it says just creating a new law of physics, yeah. if you were to just be like, you know what, up is down, the end. Yeah, like, It's way easier. Or, or you could just create a new law of physics that says, hey, gravity doesn't work. Hey, I, I skipped 11 points of difficulty. Yeah, how about that? I'm cheating the system. Oh, you don't need to cheat the system. Uh, the, the system the, is balls. The only way to win is to not play. <laughs> All right, after your bullshit useless abilities, you get to pick some languages. Everyone in Haven, no matter how badass, insular, or racist they may be, which is a lot in every case, Yeah. Uh, they all speak three languages. No, and it doesn't even matter if you're dumb. Like, you can be a seven intelligence, slow-ass, real dumb dude, and you're like, yeah, but I know three languages. Yeah, yeah. I speak uh, English, uh, Aramaic, and uh, Bengali. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. Everyone. Yeah, I also speak uh, Latin. Why not? You know. Yeah, sure. That comes up all the fucking time. Again, Aramaic is listed. I'm not making that up. There's a list of languages you can learn to speak. And Aramaic, which no one has spoken for centuries, uh, yeah. is one of the languages that people speak routinely in Haven. City of violence. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say the whole thing every time. Every time. Okay, the next thing you get to pick from is benefits, and that's because this game has benefits and drawbacks. Of course it does. And <laughs> a lot of your drawbacks are benefits. <laughs> And oh. all your benefits are also benefits. I'll give you that one. This game doesn't do the exalted punishing you for taking a good thing situation. Yeah, and the problem with it is, though, they tend to cost a lot of points for any of these benefits. Like, you get 100 to start, and every point in one of your stats is going to cost you one point. So, with your stats, uh, with the six stats that you start with, even if you want to be average, like, you're just a dude in all of those stats... You used 66 points to just be a human. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to be good in any of them, you're probably looking at maybe 75 points used on stats. And then you can't do any abilities, so you buy some abilities, and maybe you've got, like, five points to huck around. And why the fuck would you buy, like, I've got eagle eyes. Right. Or eidetic memory. I think the only one worth buying is an expensive one at minus six, which is lucky. That gives you three re-rolls a day. Yeah, that no longer affects your dice, it affects your chance to roll. That increases your chances of discovering anti-gravity every day from one in twenty to uh, six in twenty, which is lucky. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good right there. That's that's better than one in five chance. You have about 22% chance every day of negating gravity forever. I don't know why there aren't more fucking supervillains in Haven City of Violence. Because this shit is gritty and real, fucker. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, and after all these wonderful advantages, there are a number of useless disadvantages. Uh, <laughs> dependency, foolhardy, coward. The problem with things like coward, foolhardy, braggart is that these are not real disadvantages. These are extra bonus points you get for promising to roleplay a certain way. Yeah. It's, okay, I get an extra three points, but I swear when a fight breaks out, I'll run away. Okay, if I broke out, I shoot that guy because I'm real scared of him. Right. Uh, so, a lot of these are that. They just are bad descriptors, like, your character is foolhardy. You get an extra bonus point, and you, you have to rush into dumb decisions. Oh, good. Well, good. I chose to player, play this game. So. Oh, oh, let's let's not forget. Can you tell me, we always talk about this, uh, what the Game Master is called in Haven, City of Violence. <laughs> that, again, after seeing that this was all basically written and produced and 
conceived of by one man. One man. The fact that your game master is, I shit you not, God. Yeah. G period, O period, D period. Or game operations director. So every time the game goes through something, it's like, you should ask God if you can do this. If God says no, that's the end of it. Uh, and again, let's 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 say this. Uh, this game has that kind of writing, even in the rules. Yeah, that kind the, of when fuck we, you, destiny kicks you in the balls. We have talked about game master as god before, and this one makes no pretensions about not being that. Calls him god. Everything about the game is no. You're in control. If one of your players isn't playing the right way, you should punish them. There's more than three different ways to pull XP off of someone in the how to play this game section in the back. Things like not playing in character, minus 30 XP. Uh, However, Aggravating fucking, the DM, minus 50 XP. Fucking Lewis Porter God. Jr. wants even God to know that if you're not running the game right, it's your fault, God. I could run a game right. What's wrong with you? That's all in there. Uh, also in there, every single ability, every single drawback, every single benefit, and all of the character archetypes... Uh, which are the classes, if if you want to have the game give you a class and stop like spoon-feeding your baby. lazy ass. Which it says, if you switch from character archetypes to character creation, it says, Congratulations, you decided to stop having us spoon-feed your lazy ass. Yes. That's written in the book. In that weird, tortured, syntaxy way, too, because this guy never met a comma he understood. <laughs> oh, huh. oh, man. So, uh, so one of those archetypes... Yeah, let's talk about that. The police officer. The police officer, which, okay, you shouldn't play a police officer anyway, because fuck that guy. But, if you are playing one, the... The quote? The, every, every one of the archetypes has a quote, and the quote for the police officer oh, is, in quotes, blam, 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 freeze police. Now, again, no comma. <laughs> this guy, this guy is talking to a criminal, and his words for this criminal are... Hey, you scum. Blam, blam, blam. Freeze police. <laughs> I just, I want to know if he's part of the freeze police. Is blam, 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 like walking up to a door and saying, knock, knock, knock. Yeah, it's just hello in Haven. The so he just violence. waves his gun and goes, blam, 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 freeze police. Is he, is he someone who is angry about someone else's abuse of freeze tag rules? <laughs> hey, 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 Johnny, you moved. Oh, quit being such a freeze police. <laughs> that's what... Okay, so that's that's normal in this game. Anytime that a single short-duration sentence would do, it's tortured and it mentions balls. <laughs> every, every time. Every time. Um. Alright, so after the disadvantages are the instructions about how to play the game, which involve things like uh, roll a d20 to see how much you can lift... Is your character the strongest character in the world? It doesn't matter. You need to roll a d20 to see if you can lift more than 50 pounds. Yeah. You might just be like, okay, I'm an Olympic weightlifter. I go to lift up this tray of muffins. Oh, well, you threw your back out. Sorry, motherfucker. That's this game. Uh, let's take a look at a few more of these fun, fun quotes, because these are these are really great. Uh, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they break down a lot of the archetypes into essentially, uh, are you a race of some dude as well? So you've got things like, Policeman, private investigator, and black guy, <laughs> black guy, Asian dude. No shit, there are two types of Italians. Oh yeah, so it is. It is just, hey man, did you want to be a race? 
then you aren't an actual class, you're that race as your class. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that's if you're using the archetypes. You can build yourself a black dude in the character creator, but black dude is one of the archetypes in this game. <laughs> and if you are a black guy, you probably belong to, uh, what is it called? The... Oh, uh, they're the Rome Island. They're the Nubian Brotherhood. Oh, yes. The Nubian Brotherhood. Totally something that they would call themselves. Okay, so here's the full quote. Blam, 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 freeze police. If you don't stop, I'll shoot you in the other leg. <laughs> and uh, there's a few more of these that are really fun to read out loud here. Here's the one for if you're playing as a politician. It's, I'm off to kiss some butt and shake some babies. Yep. Because he's badass, I guess. Yeah. And, and here's the one for private investigator. Don't kill the messenger. Remember, you asked me to find out if your husband was cheating. <sighs> yeah. That is tortured. Okay. So, uh, again, every every sentence in this book is tortured. It, it's hard to get through them because he doesn't seem to know how to just write a short sentence. And there's, I mean, really, he could have benefited from having an editor. He probably could have benefited from having a writer. But he did it all himself, and so it sort of turns out looking like gobbledygook in a lot of areas. Uh, words are missing, commas are missing, word selection is sort of back and forth. Uh, sentences don't make sense. And there's even some things like, okay, uh, when it gets into trying to shoot at a guy, it goes into all of the modifiers that you might have. So, maybe a guy is in cover, or he's moving, or it's nighttime, and so on. The person is in soft cover, minus two, is what it starts with, and then four items down, it is, person is in soft cover, minus two. So he just puts the same thing in twice in the same list. Yeah. And it's not even like it was different pages. And he fucks up in different pages. The, uh, when we said that there was a chance every time you shoot a gun, a 1 in 20, that you might misfire. If you roll a 20, you then roll a d4 and see if it either misfired or jammed. And one page apart, the roll is either, uh, and on a 1, you regular miss... Two, three, it misfires. Four, it's jam. The next page, it has the exact same listing, but it says one to two is a regular miss. Three is misfire. Four is jam. Just two different tables. Pick whichever one you want. Yep. So, uh, I, I assume people will remember that we once reviewed Sky Realms of Joe Rune. And, uh, I remember that John hated it with the passion of a thousand suns. Yeah, because it used stupid bullshit sci-fi names, and I hate that shit. Now, uh... That was the first edition of Sky Realms of Jorun that we re reviewed, and I have since acquired a signed copy of the third edition of Sky Realms of Jorun. And I can tell you that over two editions, they fixed a lot. The game's a lot more playable. It makes a lot more. It makes a lot more functional sense as a game. It still is all bullshit sci-fi words that John would hate, but but I think they made an admirable attempt to get that game back up and running and, and fix it. <laughs> I don't think this one would ever have gotten that chance. I don't think there's a Haven City of Violence two floating around out there. Well, I think it came out late enough. That no one's gonna be on the Haven City of Violence bandwagon. No. When Sky Realms of Jorun came out, it was fucking the 80s. Early and, 80s. Yeah. People were like, well, what are my options for playing an RPG? Uh, I don't know, D&D, &D, maybe GURPS, and Tra fucking Traveler. Sky Realms of Jorun. Yeah, or Traveler, which is admittedly probably a worse game. So, There's no game there. You know, the people who started playing back then began playing with that because it's all they had, and now they love it because that's what they started with. Oh yeah, this is this is for people that got sick of how pansy-ass 3.5 D&D is. That's what this <laughs> game is. 
This is this is for people who are like, you know what? There's not enough killing in Berettas and fucking D and D. I'm I'm switching to something realer, and then and not Shadowrun because that's just D and D for fagwads. And then of course the D and D modern edition came out for the open license, and they went, oh wait, never mind. I'll play an actual game. Yeah. So here's a. I want to read this just so I can get a sense of this guy's writing style across because again, it, it all makes sense. I mean, it's all readable. But uh, there's just something about it. It's like watching The Room. (laughs) So here we go. This is the background of The Bodyguard, which is two words. Um, Background. This is the type of character who specializes in the field of protection of all different types of people and things. These types of characters will normally be hired to keep another person or item out of harm's way, and these people are normally well known for their work in underworld circles. Sometimes out of admiration and sometimes out of rivalry, it's a hazard of the occupation and a measure of their success. Okay, what was that? That sentence didn't have a verb in it. Uh, (laughs) Several of the more infamous bodyguards include Hawk from the Robert B. Parker, Spencer novels, and Spencer for Hire television show. Yeah. Anything with Spencer, really. He really likes that Spencer guy. And Spencer is one of them hard-boiled book detectives. I've read a couple Spencer books. He's he's one of those guys that just figures shit out at the end and then gets the hot girl. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and his quote is, you better come with me if you want to live. Yeah, so he's an inarticulate Terminator then? Yeah, yeah, with a scar, because uh, all bodyguards have drawback, distinguishable characteristics, scar. Obviously. Yeah, and they all have a secret. That's another one of their characteristics. The The secret is that they will always <laughs> love, love you. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so that's, that's the concept idea. I mean, it's not, it's all readable, it all makes sense. It's just that it's it's weirdly wordy and it, it it's it feels like he wasn't a, a native English speaker or something. I, I don't know. Uh, I think he was just bad or dumb at or something. Writing, yeah. You know, one of those people that really thought, you know, I've been playing this D and D and this is some baby bullshit. I'm gonna write my own. But he sucks at writing and thinking and rule <laughs> and rule creation. There's maybe three people involved in the creation of this game that aren't him, and they're mostly just artists and like yeah. layout guys and stuff. People who are helping him achieve his dream project. Yeah, That's... and again, this is one of those guys that, to give you a sense of what type of person this is, he's the type of person that has three pages on different types of guns. Oh, yeah. So you don't yeah. just have, like, here's a pistol, here's a heavy pistol, here's a rifle, so on. It's... Every single named type of pistol and rifle and anything else. Here's submachine guns, here are automatic pistols, here are this and that. And they all have completely various rules for, yeah, this is a bonus at point-blank range, and it's negative at long range, and this at that range, and so on and so on. I like, uh, one of my favorite things about that is if you look in the ammunition section, there's a couple different types of ammunition that are specifically for target or practice shooting. Uh, there's wad cutter, and then there's another, I think they're just, pra- they're just practice ammunition. You're just supposed to go shoot them in, at, at the, uh, at the range. They both do more damage than normal ammunition and have the same range and are cheaper. Yeah. They get a bonus because wad cutter ammunition sounds cooler than bullet. Uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Well, yeah, it, it was it, just, well, I made a special rule for this bullet. It has a name. Obviously, it has to have some special characteristics. It's, it's characteristic because it is his training ammunition. It's cheaper and shittier. But, but no, no, it's, it's better. It does more damage and you should buy it because it's cheaper. That's, that's, uh, the kind of research that went into his exhaustive knowledge of every kind of gun ever. Now, I've read interviews of the people who wrote D20 Modern. 
And they said that while they put a bunch of guns in there, they tried to do their best to make it so that one gun has a higher crit range, the next gun has better actual range, the next gun does higher damage. Because it didn't really matter that you were carrying a, uh, you know, a, a .50 Eagle versus a, or a Desert Eagle or something like that. Because it's boring, and eventually people would just figure out which one the best gun is and just take the best gun. This game doesn't care. This game knows what the best gun is, and you can just go get the best gun. And that's... The the last game we read that had an exhaustive list of every kind of gun ever in it is Rifts. <laughs> and, I mean, granted, they're all just made up, and they're all driven drawn by Kevin Symbieta, which means they are tubes with rectangles coming out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just, you know, primary school <laughs> shapes that have a trigger. Yeah. So, uh, this is just like that, except it's all obsessively reviewed real guns. <laughs> and... Just in case you think that he doesn't have anything for the people that don't want to shoot guys. Oh god, I forgot. Oh no, no. Oh no. This is also the type of person that loves and thinks is probably real professional wrestling. Yeah, he's a, he's a kayfabe or kayfabe or whatever it is, supporter, kayfabe. What, what, what is that? You know that word? There's a, there's a special word for people who know that professional wrestling is fake but maintain the lie. <laughs> and it's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. And it's, I, I'm gonna say it's kayfabe. <laughs> and, cause I'm sure that's wrong and I wanna piss off wrestling fans. Yay! Yeah. Uh, it's, he's kayfabulous. He's kayfabulous. Uh, so, there's a huge section on wrestling for your close combat in this game, and it is very <laughs> inspired by pro wrestling. Yeah, because normally, you've got a section that's like, what can you do? Uh, you can do a fist attack, or a foot attack, or a stab attack, or a clinch attack. Alright, well those are sort of basic. That seems reasonable. Okay, then there's an arm bar and a suplex and a leg lock. Every one of them is done at high, low, or medium ranges. Oh yeah, because I just got done playing Street Fighter, and so you have to decide where you're going to block high, medium, or low. I feel like he just got done playing Jade Empire. Because <laughs> Jade Empire had... I, I mean, I know that's kind of a deep cut. Jade Empire is one of the <sighs> games from the from the company that made like Baldur's Gate and that stuff. Uh, I, I don't remember what they were named at that point. Um... So, it's a game that uses, basically, it looks like you're playing martial arts, but you're really playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, because you both write down, okay, I'm gonna try and suplex him, and a suplex is a mid-maneuver. Okay, and then the other guy writes down, I think he's gonna try and leg lock me, so I will reversal low. You write it down, flip, and show at the same time. You're like, oh no, I picked the wrong thing to do. But if you picked the right thing to do, you then go to a table of A through H to see, okay, I picked block high, he did armbar high, that means I go to table C, and I'm like, how fucking complicated does this need to be? Right, it's it's far, far too complicated, and it relies re re on that whole surprise gotcha method of flipping over a piece of paper and being like, I went with a high armbar. Of course, the god is allowed to modify these, because he's the god. Obviously. Right, so it's all useless anyway. Um, it's just annoying. Also, am I wrong, or is the always correct answer a Stone Cold Stunner? <laughs> no, man, the correct answer is the rock bottom, you savage. Oh, I I'm sorry, I thought the correct answer would be the people's elbow. <laughs> That's a thing, right? I'm not, I don't actually Good know. job, good okay. job. Yay! Yay, you know a wrestling thing. Know you know two of them. I said two wrestling things today. Yeah. What? What was, uh, what was Rey Mysterio's big move? I don't know. Being a luchador? I'm gonna say it's the Flying Splash Tequila. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure. sure. Okay, so that. Yeah. Pick that. Yeah. Okay, anyway. 
Let's talk about uh, the world. Let's talk about Haven. Okay, we have city a city of violence. Damn it! <laughs> I shouldn't have started talking. <laughs> I knew you had to say it. But, yeah, we haven't really gotten into the meat of what constitutes Haven. City of Violence. The pause is also assumed. <laughs> um, okay, so Haven City of Violence is a... It's Eastern Seaboard. They, they actually do tell you exactly where it is in the book, but let's face it, that's fucking boring and I don't want to go look it up. So it's somewhere south of New York and north of Delaware, whatever the fuck. It's, it's sort of... I hope of... that works. Sorry, East Coast. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no um, one fucking knows what your shit is. I don't know. I feel... It, we're Californians and it's weird to us that you can drive for like an hour and be in another state. Yeah, you can drive for an hour and go through, like, two states. Man, fuck your shitty, tiny states. Yeah, so, uh... Let's just piss off everyone. It's it's somewhere up in there, uh, in that kind of area where DC puts all of its dark cities. It's right where Gotham City is. Let's just say that. Uh, It is a city that... Never sleeps. Never sleeps. It's got a high tourism industry, even though it's got a high crime rate. Feels like it's just Jamaica. It's, It's sort of weird in that it assumes... Oh, yeah, Haven is... It's a port city where everyone comes into and all this business gets done and all this tourism and this and that. But then it tells you that, like, every year for the past six years, this city has essentially erupted into citywide violence. Oh, yeah, and they all get fun names, like the Year of the Gun and the Year of Change. and The Year year of of Despair. The Year of Fire. Oh, yeah, so the whole thing, you're like, no, no one would fucking go here. There are plenty of other port cities if you're like, uh, I need to bring in some fucking widgets to yeah. the East Coast. Am I going to go to Haven City of Violence, or am I going to go to Boston? Well, let me see. What year is it in year of, uh, in Haven? Oh, uh, it's the year of Blood Inferno. No, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I, think I'll just, <laughs> I think I'll just go to Schenectady or whatever. <laughs> that's fine. I'm good. Uh, that's okay. You know, what year it is in New York right now, 2014. You know what year it is in Violence, Blood or Haven City of Violence. It's the year of blood infernos. So let's let's maybe not bring my widgets into there, right? And uh, yeah, which just, also just means that every single shipment that comes in is illegal guns. Oh, it's all illegal all guns. It. All it, drugs and guns. That's all the ships in there. Imagine, imagine uh, if New Orleans after Katrina had had another year where there was a war there. And then, and then the next still, year, the whole thing burned down. Yeah. And then after that, they were like, okay, we're still a port city. Anyone want to bring stuff here? And people were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to pave you over and put up a whoops sign. <laughs> yeah, Haven, not only does it have just the worst, most racist outline of what this city is, but it's also unlivable. There's no reason anyone would be here. Oh, yeah, and it describes it all as... It, it's basically the 1%, 99% thing where it's got, like, uh, everybody who you're playing as is is wallowing in human misery, and, you know, you live in a shitty tenement, and maybe you've got enough money to scrape together for a gun, and meanwhile there's ultra-luxury condominium dance floor whorehouses. <laughs> where, where, and they're all yachts, because this guy had an 80s dream. Yeah, and which really, just to me... Sounds like Shadowrun, except you don't get anything fun out of it. There's no trolls, come on. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, so, uh, okay. So, here's here's what runs Haven, City of Violence. There are, uh, <laughs> there are a number of major crime families, and each one of them controls a major neighborhood. There are two Italian mafia families. Yeah, the Carlucci and the Santucci. Because I guess Ucci was the only... Italian suffix this guy knew. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so the Carlucci and the Santucci, one of them is a little more high-tech and political uh, movers and shakers, and the other one is a little more old-fashioned mafia guys. Yeah, so you've got the sort of 
uh, new white-collar, like, trying-to-do-things sort of above-the-board mafia, and the old go-around, get-protection-money-break-your-legs mafia. Right, and these guys each own a major section of the city. They have a, a big portion of downtown or... Arcadia City, which is one of the boroughs, or uh, Haven City, which is another one. Each one of them owns one of these. There are uh, a section, a, a whole island, basically a, a the equivalent of that little island that's immediately west of, uh, uh, or east of Manhattan, called Rome Island. Yeah. That And that's all black people. All yeah. of it. So that's, that's where they put the black people in yeah. Haven, now it's called, City of Violence. Now, it's called Rome Island, and it had a number of fancy gangs that were out there at one point. Uh, name things like the 187 Boys and the White Killers. That's, 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 that's what's in the book. But, but eventually, a, uh, a guy named Cirrus, uh, took over all the gangs out there and created the Nubian Nation or the Nubian Brotherhood, which is the gang of black people. Uh, and they all live out there and they hate everybody and, uh, you don't want to mess with them. Yeah. Uh, now there are also, there's a neighborhood where corrupt cops are trying to evict, uh, evil Mexicans. And that neighborhood is called uh, the Mexican- Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> LA. Uh, that neighborhood is called Sanger or Sangra. It's uh, Spanish for blood. Yeah. That's their family, the the the, the uh, Mexican gang. And when I say evil, I just say because they are murderers and so on. Uh, they are more or less portrayed as good guys by the book because they are very family oriented and they hate cops. Well, yeah, it's they're yeah. portrayed as being good guys because they are against the cops and fuck cops. Right. And then the uh, there's a Chinese syndicate. Uh, from the Great Eagle Ta- family or whatever of China, infiltrated and put in what they call the Red Wing Tong, which is Chinese guys, and they own a big section. And the book makes a big deal about how they are run by a woman. See, it's very progressive, and she's very powerful and dangerous. And, of course, the only reason that the only woman in the book who gets a name is in charge of the, ch- the Red Wing Tong is because, and I- I'm just going out of limb here, I'm going to guess it's because Asian chicks are hot. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's because the only reason you've ever seen an Asian chick in charge is because she is the dragon lady, and that's the sort of trope he's going for. Right, I, and I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not saying that that's my own personal statement, I'm saying that's what I think of Lewis Porter Jr. <laughs> this, this is how highly I think of Lewis Porter Jr. and Haven, City of Violence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting the name right. <laughs> okay, so those are the major families. There's one other major hate group that's involved. Uh, there were a number of smaller hate groups, your, your, uh, your KKK, your neo-Nazis, and all of that kind of stuff, and they've all been united, uh, by a man whose name is Fear. <laughs> uh, no shit, his name is Fear. That's, that's the big- Obviously. He's the, he's the white supremacist leader, and the white supremacist group is called Templar Knights. Of course they and are. And they're wearing, like, chainmail with crosses and swords and shit. They, uh, because, that's what modern neo-Nazis like. Also, let it be known, the character archetype for Templar Knights gives them the language of German. <laughs> remember American History X? Remember how much German they were speaking in that? All of it. All they the They were German. speaking no German. They don't like German people because German, pe- German people are foreigners. Yeah. It's, I, I, I guess he knew Nazis were from Germany originally and he was just like, ah, German, that'll work. That's what they speak. Yeah, they're, they're neo-Nazis, which means they should speak German. Nope. <laughs> But whatever. Go ahead, game. Yeah. So, now, each one of these people generally tends to stay in their own neighborhood, and then they go out and they fight with each other. And that's why I said it's a lot like Grand Theft Auto. Because you drive around these various neighborhoods, and you can tell from looking out the window of your stolen car that, oh, you're in Chinatown, or whatever. That's that's what this game is. Yeah. Oh, 
let's backtrack a little because I want to talk about something that's uh, rather telling, if, if it's okay with you. There is a section in the skills, and we've already talked a little bit about how goofy-ass the skills are in this game. But there is a section for disguise, and it's it's actually just streetwise. It's your ability to blend in in neighborhoods. Yeah, this is uh, your ability to not be noticed. So, like, you look like you belong there. So let's say you're a dude, and you're like, okay, I'm going into a neighborhood, it's really poor, I'm going to try and look like I fit in, so I'm not going to walk around wearing a fucking three-piece suit. Great. This right. is what you're doing. Yeah, okay, so uh, Streetwise gives you the same difficulty chart that all the other abilities do. And uh, it's done by neighborhoods, so it's easy to blend in in Haven City. That's an easy easy with a minus two. Haven City is kind of the financial district of, of the game. It's where marketplaces are located and so on, so it's easy to hide there. It's easy to blend in. Uh, it is significantly more difficult. It's hard to blend in at Freeman Hill. Freeman Hill is where Sanger and uh, and the corrupt cops are constantly fighting with each other. So it's difficult to blend in there because there's a lot of gang affiliation and then there's a lot of uh, corrupt cops who know each other and are wearing uniforms with badges. It would be hard to blend in there, sure. It is nearly impossible, minus 25, to blend in at Rome Island. Now, Rome Island is where black people live. It is nearly impossible to blend in there because Lewis Porter Jr. assumed that no one would play a black person. <laughs> yeah. This this is your very telling bit of the book where it's like, oh yeah, man, if you're going to try to blend in where all the black people are, it's going to be super impossible. You, you know, someone might might just be from Rome Island. They could they could just be some guy. Wait, what? What? Huh? That doesn't that doesn't add up, man. No, man, they kicked all the white people out. You can't be from there. Oh, oh thank okay, you. Well, thank you, Lewis Porter. That that that, that fixes it. So, uh, it, it's nearly impossible, uh, but if you do succeed, then I guess you scribble permanent marker all over your face, and you go in there, and you, uh... Yeah, you show up with a hoodie and go, yo, 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 my brothers! <laughs> right. You Eugene Levy it up in there. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I don't understand why he didn't just pick some less concrete examples. Yeah, just being like, blending in in a marketplace, okay? Right. Blending in in a stock market area. Alright, well, I don't look like I belong here. Blending in in a gang. Alright, maybe I don't belong in that gang. Blending in in a different races gang. There you yeah. go. Just say different races or different racially oriented gang. There you Instead go. Instead of just assuming that it's really hard to blend in on Black People Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Black People Island. It is true, you know. You know, When Pinocchio tried, he got turned into a donkey. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right. There's your deep cut Disney reference, which is completely wrong. Anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, so there's all these families, and you try to associate with them or with the corrupt police or with the not corrupt police, or you're a mercenary. John's taking the book from me, which means he wants to look up something about the back of it, which is fine. I'm just going to keep yakking on about the way the book is oriented. All right. Uh, we're at 50 minutes, so while he looks something up, I'm going to go through the basics. I'm going to ask myself... Would I play this game? I don't know. Would you? No. <laughs> no. I don't think it's playable. I don't think it's good. It's it's uh, It certainly is an interesting read. Uh, okay. My favorite thing about this game. It made me want to play some Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, there you go. My favorite thing about this game is it reminded me of a different, better game. My least favorite thing about this game... Uh... Uh... It, Come on, just pick one. Just pick one. I don't want to pick one that I know you want to rant about, so I'm going to say That's that okay. the worst thing about this game is that it's got that sense of everything is impossible that, that games from the 90s often get, 
which is like, oh, you have a 50% chance on average to fail at shooting your gun at a barn. <laughs> like, oh, why? Why, why do I want to play as an incompetent moron? You're not. You're the mean streets badass of a thousand badasses. Well, how come the stats don't reflect that? Grim reality, fucker. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't get in for that kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, John, would you play Haven? City of Violence. It's <laughs> trying to get you there. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> that that pause was pregnant <laughs> with violence. <laughs> uh, I would... <sighs> no. I mean, uh, for a second I wanted to pretend that I actually would, but I'm not a good enough actor. Uh, no. No, fuck this. If someone came up and told me they wanted to run a game of Haven City of Violence and were actually serious, I would ask them who hurt them. Right. Or where they got a copy. <laughs> Do you need a hug, man? <laughs> I'm sorry your dad was so mean to you. Yeah. What was your favorite thing uh, about Haven? <laughs> City of Violence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say this. My favorite thing is that at least the taking a bullet, getting shot, is roughly appropriate. If you get shot... In the abdomen, by a dude with a pistol, you're gonna be super fucked up, probably bleed out within a couple hours, but you won't probably die unless they, you know, roll really well, which means they, like, shot you in the heart or something. Right, and that's great. That's their, their attempt to take this away from cartoons. But, of course, it does have yeah. ridiculous and very elaborate rules for bleeding. Oh, and hit location. Oh, yeah, this it's has... random hit location. Yeah, I forgot about that. If you're hiding behind something and someone shoots at you, then they have to roll randomly to see if they just hit the wall where, where normally they would have hit you in the hand or whatever. This game has some deep-cut hit and crit damage type tables, which, you know, sound really cool when you're designing a game because you want it to be super realistic, but bog down the game and don't make any sense and suck. Okay, what is your least favorite thing? Okay, so my least favorite thing, and what I was finding in the book, is the section on God. Because fuck this guy. In the back, there is essentially the DM section of, here's some rules, which includes things like, you should supervise character creation, and if anyone's getting out of line, you should punish them. Or make sure if they're taking a drawback, it is a drawback. If someone's a dullard or a jerk, make sure their character is terrible for it. And goes on to make sure that you know anyone can die at any time. The players need to know that their character isn't safe. You aren't going to handhold them through this adventure. That makes it scary. And they're on the edge of their seat the whole time. Yeah. And it goes on. you got to keep players in character. This makes it fun for the players, but especially for you, God. You gotta make sure that they're in character <laughs> all the time. And it goes through, and you have rule after rule of this bullshit, and then of course includes, everyone must have fun. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. what these rules were telling me. Enforce their players to have fun. <laughs> if any of them stop smiling for even a second, take some XP away from them <laughs> for not having fun. Yeah. So, the the whole GM as God thing taken to essentially its logical conclusion in this game. Have you ever had one of those... Uh, this is... Let, let's talk... We have a couple minutes here. Let's talk briefly about role-playing game stores or nerd stores. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those guys who comes up to you and tells you about their character in a nerd store? You know, I've never had someone actually come up to tell me about their character, but I have had the type of guy that would do that. The guy who's like... 
you're sitting there, say, looking at magic cards, and he can't help but tell you about the deck that he has built around the card that is in this case. Yeah. Now, that's it's not a, an especially uncommon event in, an, in a nerd store to have a nerd come up to you and go, Oh, I see you have a Dungeons & Dragons book. Let me tell you about my ridiculous Dungeons & Dragons character. And the story that follows will usually be a bunch of rule-breaking and... Uh, Let me tell you about this time I hoodwinked the GM. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, rarer is the person who comes up and tells you about the campaign the campaign they're running. And when they do, it's usually about how they're running an iron fist over the campaign and making mean, arbitrary decisions that make the players feel like oh, idiots. Oh man, last time, three out of my four players died and the last one only got out because he managed to teleport to safety. But don't worry... I'm going to get him next session. That's what this book is. This book is for DMs that like to talk like that. Yeah, it... So not only is combat deadly, but it also is boring. Yeah. Because it's one of those games where cover is king. So not only do you get a uh, a minus two or a minus five to being hit if you're in cover, depending on if it's light or heavy cover, but if they roll randomly for where they shoot you, and if they shoot you in some place that is covered by the cover you are behind, it doesn't do anything. So if you're behind a wall, and only, say, your head is showing, then they shoot at you. Even if they roll, you know, a natural one, they totally fucking hit you right dead on. They have to roll randomly to where they hit you, and if they roll abdomen or leg... Oh, it hit the wall. Nope. Nothing. Yeah, which means that the game is a bunch of shooting at nothing and wasting your bullets. Yeah, you just sit there and shoot and shoot and shoot, and it's hard to hit anyway, and even if you do hit, you might just not hit anything. And then the second someone gets to roll the actual area that is uncovered, congratulations, you killed that guy. Yep. So, uh... Okay. Neither of us would play this game. Uh, it's, um... It's pretty much a fucking mess, yeah. It's fun to read, though, isn't it? Oh, it's it's great to go through and be like... What the fuck? Getting into the mind of Lewis Porter Jr. is... It's a treat. I feel like I'm... I'm like some criminal profiler trying to realize who would make such a horrible atrocity. Yeah, I feel like I'm the main character from that show Lie to Me and I'm watching Venture Brothers and trying to psychoanalyze Dermot. Because <laughs> that's that's what we're going through here. This is this is that character. The sort of person who, who knows a wicked sweet thing you can do with fireworks to cats. <laughs> yeah, he's the type of guy who really wants you to know that he could take you down in like 47 different ways and when you just sort of push him and he falls down he goes, "Hey man, you totally caught me off guard. That was that was not cool. I was not in my center." <laughs> that's uh that's that's Haven. That's Haven City of Violence. That is Haven City of Violence. I wasn't going to take the bait. I know what to call Haven City of Violence. <laughs> Uh, Alright, so uh, that'll be System Mastery for this week. As always, you can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, SystemMastery at gmail.com, System Mastery on Twitter, where I never post, and uh, that's about it. Oh, and System Mastery on Facebook. Yeah, which is where we actually do kind of post. Yeah, we do post there. So tune in in a week or two when we review something else. I, I hope to God we find something as weird and crazy as Haven, City of Violence. And until then, thank you for listening, and have a grim, nasty, dirty, realistic day.